0: Hello world, I'm Roger Corville and this is for the Hope's Daily Audio Bible where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Do you ever watch a movie and just feel it like it's predictable and you know where it's going? Well, in part, that's because stories have common elements and storytellers use predictable patterns that we begin to notice even as young kids. Now, old Hebrew writing also had those kinds of predictable patterns. We just don't recognize them because, well, it's thousands of years later and I don't know about you, but I'm not a Hebrew. Hello, Hopeful. Welcome to episode 1936 of our journey together through the Bible. Glad to be back with you from my regular microphone on this journey and glad that you've joined the movement of those being transformed by the reading of every word of God's mind in print, including how I hope to both just read the Bible with you and let it stand on its own and add little nuggets along the way that help understand it a little more. Now, the crazy thing about that old Hebrew pattern is that we see it in today's closing psalm and in the first five chapters of the book of isaiah which we begin today but before we get there our new testament segment wraps up an extended four chapter part of first corinthians that speaks to this big issue of division inside the church in a worship setting and honestly we miss something like that too when we parse the bible reading into x chapters a day Uh, which is, of course, why I try to remind you of it like I do. Reminder, Paul here is talking about the importance of orderliness, and if there is a key concept to listen for today, it's edification or the building up of each other. 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the person who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to people but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be built up. So now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you with a revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Even lifeless instruments that produce sounds, whether flute or a harp, if they don't make a distinction in the notes, how will what is played on the flute or harp be recognized? In fact, if the bugle makes an unclear sound, who will prepare for battle? In the same way, unless you use your tongue for intelligible speech, how will they know what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different kinds of languages in the world. None is without meaning. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to that speaker, and the speaker will be a foreigner to me. So also you... Since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. Therefore, the person who speaks in a tongue should pray that he can interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? I will pray with the spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding." I will sing praise with the Spirit, and I will also sp- sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you praise with the Spirit, how will the outsider say, Amen, at, at your giving of thanks, since he doesn't know what you're saying? For you very well may be giving thanks, but the person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others also, than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your thinking, but be infants in regard to evil and adult in your thinking. It is written in the law, I will speak to this people by the people of other tongues and by the lips of foreigners, and even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Speaking in tongues, then, is intended as a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for believers. If, therefore, the whole church assembles together and all are speaking in tongues and people who are outsiders or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you're out of your minds? But if all are prophesying and some unbeliever or outsider comes in, he is convicted by all and is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart will be revealed, and as a result, he will fall face down and worship God, proclaiming, God really is among you. What then, brothers and sisters? Whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything is to be done for building up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, there are to be only two, or at most three, each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no interpreter, that person is to keep silent in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should evaluate. But if something has been revealed to another person sitting there, the first prophet should be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that, that, so that everyone may learn and everyone may be encouraged. And the prophet's spirits are subject to the prophets, since God is not a God of disorder, but of peace." As in all the churches of the saints, the women should be silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to submit themselves, as the law also says. If they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, since it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in church. Or did the word of God originate from you, or did it come to you only? If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, he should recognize that what I write to you is the Lord's command. If anyone ignores this, he will be ignored. So then, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything is to be done decently and in order. And that is 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, Useful to know or remember here, my friends, that uh, some part of that we addressed a few days ago was particular to that situation, right? Like the, the women speaking thing. But importantly, if we come to church, this is all of us, if we come to church to display our spirituality, we will not only miss the blessing ourselves, but also cause others to miss the blessing, right? We come to honor him and worship services should lift up the Lord and build up the saints, not puff up the participants. And turning to our Old Testament segment, yesterday we heard of King Uzziah, who was king of Judah for 52 years. And we heard of his death, which is the same year that God commissioned the prophet Isaiah as a messenger to both Judah and Israel, which is why we're switching from Kings and Chronicles to Isaiah, and we'll get back there to finish those up before we finish out the Old Testament here in the next 20 weeks or so. Isaiah, picking up in, yep, chapter 1. The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah son of Amos saw during the reigns of kings Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah of Judah. Listen, heavens, and pay attention, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have raised up children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey knows its master's feeding trough. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. O oh, sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, brood of evildoers, depraved children. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned their backs on Him. Why do you want more beatings? Why do you keep on rebelling? The whole head is hurt and the whole heart is sick. From the sole of the foot even to the head, no spot is uninjured. Wounds, welts, and festering sores, not cleansed, bandaged, or smoothed with oil. Your land is desolate. Your cities burned down. Foreigners devour your fields right in front of you. A desolation like a place demolished by foreigners. Daughter Zion is abandoned. Like a shelter in a vineyard. Like a shack in a cucumber field. Like a besieged city. If the Lord of armies had not left us a few survivors, we would be like Sodom. We would resemble Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What are all your sacrifices to me? Asks the Lord. I've had enough of burnt offerings and rams and the fat of well-fed cattle. I have no desire for the blood of bulls, lambs, or male goats. Wouldn't you come to appear before me. Who requires this from you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing useless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons and Sabbaths are the calling of solemn assemblies, and I cannot stand iniquity with a festival. I hate your new moons and prescribed festivals. They have become a burden to me. I'm tired of putting up with them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will refuse to look at you Even if you offer countless prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Cleanse yourselves. Remove your evil deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil. Learn to do what is good. Pursue justice. Correct the oppressor. Defend the rights of the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are crimson red, they will be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The faithful town, what an adulteress she has become. She was once full of justice. Righteousness once dwelt in her, but now, murderers, your silver has become dross to be discarded. Your beer is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, friends of thieves. They all love graft and chase after bribes. They do not defend the rights of the fatherless, and the widow's case never comes before them. Therefore, the Lord God of armies, the mighty one of Israel declares, Ah, I will get even with my foes. I will take revenge against my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I will burn away your dross completely. I will remove all your impurities. I will restore your judges to what they were at first and your advisors to what they were at the start. Afterward, you will be called the righteous city, a faithful town. Zion will be redeemed by justice. Those who repent will be redeemed by righteousness. At the same time, both rebels and sinners will be broken, and those who abandon the Lord will perish. Indeed, they will be ashamed of the sacred trees you desired, and you will be embarrassed because of the golden shrines you have chosen. For you will become like an oak whose leaves are withered, and like a garden without water. The strong one will become tinder, and his work a spark. Both will burn together, with no one to extinguish the flames." The beginning of chapter 2 then begins. The vision that Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. All nations will stream to it, and many peoples will come and say, Come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so that we may walk in his paths." For instruction will go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among the nations and provide arbitration for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not take up sword against nation and they never again will train for war. House of Jacob, come and let's walk in the Lord's light. And that, my friends... He's up through the first five verses of chapter two. And tomorrow I will come back to Isaiah and kind of point out that this pattern that we're talking about, that Hebrew pattern. Um, but it's going to be easier to listen to or listen for in our wisdom segment today, which is Psalm nine. So imagine this. It's called a chiasm, C-H-I-A-S-M. The pattern is like A, B, C, B, A, right? Or uh, it's a something where the two ends are the same and then the next two inner parts are the same, like A, B, C, B, A. It may be much longer than that, but this psalm does that. It has praise as the book ends at the beginning and end. And then the next two sections, the B sections are the just king. And then right in the middle is the final judgment Listen for it, and we'll, uh, we'll close out with prayer. Psalm chapter 9. For the choir director, according to Muth Laban, a psalm of David. I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will declare all your wondrous works. I will rejoice and boast about you. I will sing about your name, Most High. When my enemies retreat, they stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my just cause. You are seated on your throne as a righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have erased their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to eternal ruin. You have uprooted the cities and the very member of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for judgment. And he judges the world with righteousness. He executes judgment on the nations with fairness. The Lord is a refuge for the persecuted, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you because you have not abandoned those who seek you, Lord. Sing to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Proclaim his deeds among the nations. For the one who seeks an accounting for bloodshed remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the oppressed. Be gracious to me, Lord. Consider my affliction at the hand of those who hate me. Lift me up from the gates of death so that I may declare all your praises. I will rejoice in your salvation within the gates of daughter Zion. The nations have fallen into the pit they have made. Their foot is caught in the net they have concealed. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed justice, snaring the wicked by the work of their hands. Hegion Silla. The wicked will return to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. For the needy will not always be forgotten. The hope of the oppressed will not perish forever. Rise up, Lord. Do not let mere humans prevail. Let the nations be judged in your presence Put terror in them, Lord. Let the nations know they are only humans. Selah. Uh, Lord, thank you that you have promised to help us understand, even without understanding a pattern in Hebrew poetry, which, frankly, we may or may not have even heard as we went through that one. And Lord, like that psalm, would you help us praise you because you are the one and only true just king and judge who will bring about ultimate justice. Lord, we look around our world and it's just like what Isaiah is describing 2,700 years ago. But Lord, we do trust you. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone here who has just never like fully just trusted you, that you would remind them that the knocking at the door of their heart isn't me. It's not a podcast. It's you, your Holy Spirit. And I pray for all who are listening, Lord, that we would just, by the power of your Spirit, just grow in our understanding of your patterns, your way of the world, your true reality. Lord, that we would understand your story and where we fit. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.